What's going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me as always is my podcasting partner, Paul. Heidi ho Ranger Joe. And we are here with this week's episode of Bright Side of the Suns for the Fans by the Fans podcast. The last time we recorded, the Suns were on the tail end of a two-game winning streak, which they stretched into a three-game winning streak, which got us a little worried. A little, a little worried. worried. And overall, they started March 4-3, and three, and then last Wednesday happened, or this past Wednesday, however you want to say that. Yeah. And Eric Bledsoe is now shut down for the season. Brandon Knight had quote-unquote back spasms that day now and didn't play, and now he's shut down for the season. So... It seems like the Suns maybe also got a little worried about this whole, hey, we might win some games here and decided let's ixnay it by obviously not the night thing because that was his own decision, but the Bledsoe thing, uh, shutting him down, and and they've looked pretty mediocre. Well, they've looked mediocre most of the year. Well, that's probably a compliment. They're scrappy. They're still scrappy, but they have looked very bad since uh, in these past two games with Bledsoe out. Uh, but perhaps the right move for the remainder of the year. Paul, what do you think? Um, I'm still conflicted on it a little bit because on one hand, I mean, there is it, – it's, it's a weird look to – I mean, he's, he's healthy. Well, for, for all, there mean, was a report that came out soreness. that he has knee soreness. And with his history with his knee, yeah. and the position that the Suns are currently in with winning games isn't going to get them anywhere in life – I don't see any reason at all why they shouldn't be precautionary about and let him just relax that and rest that knee. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm conflicted on it because in my head it makes sense. But as a member of the team, when your arguably currently best player is shut down for amorphous reasons, it just it gives, it's like a, it's a bad look and. I just don't know, like, hopefully it doesn't affect the locker room in any way or, like, like long-term. I mean, obviously, Watson's not a huge fan of it. Sure. So, he and he's surprisingly, um, well, not surprisingly not based on Watson's history, but just surprisingly for NBA coaches in general to basically, like, not fall on the sword for it. He's like, this is management's doing. I don't want this. Well, and I don't think anybody would think any differently, frankly. I mean, if a player gets shut down for a year like that, it's not going to be a coach's decision. Right. Especially but- if there's not a significant injury that necessitates him. I mean, if the Suns were 20 games over 500 and they're in a playoff hunt, well, they'd be in the playoffs with that. But yeah. And they're, you know, a contending team. Obviously, Bledsoe's not getting shut down then. But in light of their situation... I have no problem with it. Right. I'm, and I don't I, think – and I think the, the idea of it having any effect on the locker room, any negative effect on the locker room is probably a bit of an overreaction. I, I agree with that. I just – it just doesn't sit right with me. Just It just seems a little weird. But I do want to bring up another point related to it is based on who has been shut down for the season so far, you got to question – is blood does do the Suns consider Bledsoe part of their future? Because I mean, every other guy who's been shut down voluntar not like voluntarily. I mean, the only other guy who's shut down is other for any other reason is Bender because he's injured. Mm-hmm. Are guys who, for all intents and purposes, aren't expected to be part of the future of the Suns. So shutting down Bledsoe, I think you're reading way too far into it. 
I don't know. If they're, they're trying to get a top pick and those top two guys are point guards, they're going to take Bledsoe's spot. If the Suns want to pick a point guard. So you think if they got a top one or two pick, they would pick Josh Jackson? I wouldn't. I would. It wouldn't surprise me, and I wouldn't be upset if they did. But I don't know. If I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that the Suns are sitting back going, "Okay, well, we're going to shut down guys who aren't part of our future." Because then, why would they have asked Brandon Knight to play the other night? Good point. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> well, because they don't want to play Ronnie Price. Why not? <laughs> I don't know, because they want him to coach. And the more he gets on the court, the more he thinks he can actually still play in the league. Yeah, he can be a player coach, right? <laughs> but no, I, I, think I, those are I, I see I see where you're going with that, but I, I don't think that's the situation. I don't think the Suns' um, front office is sitting there going, okay, well, who do we not think will be part of this future? And let's sit them for the rest of the year. Because frankly, I don't think that Tyson Chandler is necessarily not part of the future, perhaps not part of the long-term future, but I wouldn't be shocked either if Tyson Chandler plays out his contract with the Suns. I actually wouldn't mind it. I'm all for it, frankly. Yeah, I mean... One up you, I'm all for it. I mean, obviously, Better than not minding it. Obviously, I don't think Alex Len will still be around in that situation. I think we can all agree <laughs> that Alex Len is not going to get re-signed by the Suns this offseason. There's no way. There's no way. There is one way, and that's they tender his qualifying offer, and he doesn't get another contract. I'll have to get another contract. Okay. that's <laughs> Dude, Timothy Mozgov got like $64 million. I can't think of any other horrible centers. I got a whole boatload of money. There are at least uh, there two are. others of them. Joe Noah. There. Joe. <laughs> okay. Would he I rather was have, good. Would I rather have <laughs> Noah or Len right now? Anyway, but uh, I was listening to Gambo the other day, and he said that he texted a, kept a couple of uh, NBA GMs, and the response that he got from them was that Len's going to get between twelve and $16 million a year. And that's right on par with what you said yeah. earlier this season that he would get fourteen million dollars a year. And I obviously said back then if he's if it's fourteen, then pay him. But I don't want to rehash what we talked about last pod. But if Len's going to get, we'll call it twelve million. Yeah. And Alan Williams is going to get nine, nine, nine. We'll throw nine. Shit! If Alan Williams is going to get twelve, I'll pay Alan <laughs> Williams first. This is. Yeah, I mean, Alan, at least Alan Williams knows what he's good at and kind of stays in his lane, which works really well for him. He, it does. He, he's he's possibly the most awkward-looking player. Like, everything he does <laughs> just looks like it's terribly out of control. But it goes in the basket. He's getting double doubles. So I, who, who am I to say anything about that? So, but at any rate, so you think that the shutting down of Bledsoe is an iffy move? I think it's perfectly fine. I'm fine with it. I'm, I don't want to say happy with it, but I'm kind of happy with it. I was at that game. It was really confusing because because it was like a like a game time decision, right? I had no idea. It took me. It took me like, uh, and I'll be honest. I was there were some social activities going on during the game uh, in the area where we were sitting, so it took me about four minutes of game time. And I'm like, wait a minute, where's where's Bledsoe? And and then we all kind of started talking amongst 
ourselves, the group that was there saying, well, maybe he's hurt. And I figured he had some sort of, you know, last minute little strain or whatever. And then it came down, or at least I saw after the game that he had been shut down for the year. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's going to do nothing but help improve their draft position. It will bring up an interesting question if they happen to get, you know, one of the top two picks and you've got Fultz or you've got Ball, or I guess really even the top three or four because there are also other point guard. Dennis Smith. Um, exactly, Dennis Smith, and uh, I can't pronounce his name. I don't know. Never will be able to French guy. We'll call him the French guy. The French guy. Who apparently is 6'5 with like seven-foot wingspan. That's crazy, but... Uh, at any rate, I, I I'm I'm a big Bledsoe guy. I've, I said that at first podcast we did, yeah. and I remain a big Bledsoe guy. And if they go Josh Jackson, or if they go, I wouldn't hate it. Um, uh, uh, Jonathan Isaac, and they keep Bledsoe around. I I'm I'm not going to complain because I think Bledsoe is a baller. I think he should have been an all-star this year. He would have been if it was any other year or if he was in the East yeah. because the West is just so so loaded with uh, with God. guards. So at any rate, spinning off this Bledsoe thing, though, what about Knight deciding on his own? We'll call it deciding on his own because for all intents and purposes, it was deciding on his own that he doesn't want to play anymore. I mean, I, I get where he's at. I get I mean, it, too. I mean, he's he's the scorned ex-boyfriend. Yeah. And they're like, hey, you want to come over? And he's he, like... He got a phone call about 2 a.m. And he, he was like, please, hell no. Like, no. <laughs> no, you cheated on me. <laughs> That's kind of like... <laughs> but then the response is you were terribly disappointing at many aspects of what you said you could bring to this table. So, um yeah. Well, I, you know, the the question that it brings up for me is, how if, much are you willing to pay to if, get rid of? Right, that's the thing is, if the Suns were going to shut him down already, and then circumstances arise where the Suns are no longer going to shut him down and ask him to play, and he says no, they have no choice but to get rid of him now, right? Yeah, I mean, whether it be cutting him. Uh, and I, you're you're the salary cap geek, so I have no idea what kind of implication that would have. I don't know if they have the stretch. I don't know the rules on the stretch provision that we use with a uh, Beasley. I've never even heard of a stretch provision, so you've got that on me. Well, Go the, on. the stretch provision, I don't remember the specifics of it, but if you cut a guy and he still has years left on his contract, you can stretch the payment or stretch the cap hit of that over. I think tw- two times plus one year. Of however many years were left. So it's kind of like how the Mets still pay Bobby Bonilla every year or whatever, like a million bucks, bucks but but like on a far smaller scale. Far smaller scale, yeah, exactly. So Knight's contract is getting into the realm of reasonability Mm -hmm, because we're down to what, three years left after this season? Is it three? I, I, he, isn't it, I thought he, didn't he sign a four year? Did he sign a four year? So then there's only two years left. Yeah, because I think him and Bledsoe got are basically on the, yeah. the same contract. No, I think it was a five year, but it was less than max. Anyway, anyway, whatever. There's not a lot of years left, and with the the rising salary cap of the last couple of years, sure, sure, it's not a bad deal anymore. Especially, I mean, if Alex Len's going to get fourteen to sixteen million a year. Brandon Knight's equivalently good. 
Wow. That's, that's, I feel like that's a debate for another day because that's like, that's like (laughs) arguing like, (laughs) who do you hate less? What, 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 who brings less to the table and should therefore get more, wait, brings less, I, therefore should get less money. It's all very confusing. But anyways, I feel like the best opportunity the Suns have to get rid of Knight is to wait until the um, – well, obviously the draft, which is a pretty point guard-loaded draft, passes. And then free agency – like the big free agency kickoff goes at the beginning of July. And um, you're down to – there's teams who need a point guard who weren't able to acquire one. Mm-hmm. So they start getting desperate. Like the Orlando Magic. I love that. Brandon Knight has now come down to just wait for somebody else to get super desperate. And you, by the way, you were right. Five years. Five years, 70 million. So he's got dollars. three years left. He has three years left. Three years left at like 15 something million a year. I just closed my phone. I don't know. But give or take. Give no, or because take. it was a little. It'll be a shade under that, I think. Yeah, a shade under that. Yeah. So he, met, he, he tops out in his last year. Base salary is 15.6. Next year, it's 13.6. year after that, it's 14.6. Right. So, I mean, he's got three years left. It, that gets in the reasonable range that a team can take that on, take a flyer, because it's not it's not going to handicap them for five years like the Suns are currently sitting at. I, yeah, and, and I guess I, I feel like there's I, – I don't see a team ever taking him. Without us giving them something? Without, yeah, but at the same time – if you're going to have to pay the dude anyway, it's not like, you know, we've you have a roster where you can have 15 players. And if you cut him, you still have to pay his salary, right? Yes. So and it's still going to affect your cap. Right. So but I mean, like looks I said, like looks like looks like he better learn how to play some basketball again or he's just going to be sitting around making millions and millions of dollars to do nothing, which sounds pretty awesome actually. Well, I mean, he's he just can't fit in on the Suns. What he is good at is he is a very poor man's version of Allen Iverson. In this respect, Allen Iverson thrived in a in an offense that was literally built around him. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was just an ancillary piece to him. He ran, he did his thing. Other guys got their points on the side. The Suns' offense is not that. When Brandon Knight was his best was when he was with Milwaukee, and that's what their offense was. Giannis was not Giannis yet. Par- Jabari Parker was still a rookie. They ha- he was the engine of their offense. They were pretty good for the East. Right, and he was pretty good. I mean, they're not the a championship team, but if you, want Brandon Knight, if you want Brandon Knight to succeed, that's the kind of position he needs to be in. So he's basically yeah. a player that it's like, take a okay basketball player and surround him by a bunch of really bad basketball players and that's what will succeed. I'm not saying bad basketball players. I'm saying basketball players that don't need the ball in their hands. We have too many... <laughs> it's called basketball, Paul. I mean in the sense of like... Remember when we had Bledsoe Dragic and Isaiah Thomas and they all need the ball in their hands a lot to be effective? I'm talking about guys who are catch and shoot or guys who get baskets off of rebounds or things or baskets off of pick and rolls, things like that. Not guys who also need to have their ball in hands to be a creator. They need to be dribbling 
constantly, yeah, nonstop, while nothing else happens. Right. And we all just sit there going, what are you doing? Oh, a shot with two seconds left in a shot clock. Fantastic. Yes. Exactly. So, that's, so we need to find one of those teams. We need to find one of those teams. I go I back think, to my original I point from a few weeks ago. <laughs> Israel. There's got to be a team in Israel that would just love him. Amari's team? That's what I said, dude. Let's team them up. Team them up. But I mean, out okay. Orlando, I think, would be a good spot for him. Uh, because they don't have a point guard? Um, somebody with weird floppy hair would totally disagree with you. They don't have a point guard who can shoot. Or play basketball that well. Um, okay. Well, let's let's stop figuring out where Brandon Knight might go someday because I I don't care anymore. I just don't care anymore about Brandon Knight because we're at the point where we're not getting anything for him, nothing no. useful at least. I'm just I'm so just I don't care. Don't to give up too much. Just keep him. Just keep him. Let him sit there. Let him enjoy his tons of money. Ride it out on the bench, and then not play basketball. Not play basketball. Yeah. Just tell them, don't even show up to practice. Maybe just, yeah, maybe just say, hey. Hey, just stay home. Yeah, exactly. Stay home. Exactly. He can he can crash on my couch if he wants to. If he just go to, leaves go to Europe. the suns If you really alone. want to continue to play, go to Europe. Yes. See? Well, except the problem is I think the cap money won't kick off. It's like whenever he chooses to come back, he's still got to come back to the suns. But, um. What? I don't know. I didn't get that. If he went to let's Europe. Not, let's not talk about, <laughs> okay. Let's not talk about Brandon not going to Europe. That seems okay. really okay. unnecessary. Okay, here's the question. Shoot. Back to Eric Bledsoe. Let's say with the Suns' new new lineup, they do get in they get back into let's say we get a top two seed and we're compete and we got two You just call it a seed. I love that. Mm. Like top, you're yeah. talking about draft pick yeah, wise? Seed? Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. We're not it's like we, first it's like reverse standings, now we got <laughs> seeds. Okay. Do we win if, if they get the number one pick? Does that mean we win the championship? I didn't think so. We I love the, it. The draft we won the championship. championship of the draft. The draft championship. Yeah. Okay, go on, go okay. on. I'm so sorry. So we got go top ahead. two pick, and we're we get the second, or either we get our choice, or we get the whichever one's left of the of ball or fault. Uh huh. And basically, not saying you have to, but the writing's kind of on the wall at that point that. Bledsoe is going to be will need to be moved. Well, point. well, let's think about this. So, Dave, everyone's favorite Dave in the world, Dave King, uh, reported what last week that Sarver had that season ticket holder meeting where right. Sarver said we're going to be competing in 2020, right? Right. And Ryan McDonough said the same thing earlier this week on, I don't know if it was Gambo's show or Doug and Wolf or whoever yeah. it was, one of those shows. So if the plan is that Bledsoe is no longer going to be there and they're saying we're going to compete in 2020 because Booker is going to be 23, Marquise is going to be 22, Bender is going to be 21, 22, somewhere in there. Well, one of these guys, whether it be Fultz or Ball – He's going to be a little bit younger. So <laughs> does though d- does the fact that those two guys both say the Suns are competing in 2020 mean that they have at least a nucleus in place that's going to be the basis for competing in 2020? And, and, and when I say that, I'm thinking their best player right now is Eric Bledsoe. Yes. You're not going to say you're competing in 2020 when you're not planning on having your best player on this roster in 2020. 
This is true. Granted, they may be expecting Devin Booker to be that player, the best player on the team by then. In three years, he sh- I would hope he's the best player on the team. And by competing, I don't think they're meaning... I don't know if they're meaning competing for a championship or competing for the playoffs. Oh, I think it's got to be a championship. In three years? Mm-hmm. And can I also point out the fact that I'm pretty sure McDonough said Eric Bledsoe by name specifically and that he's in his prime. This is true. It's true that he said that because I might have just made that up. No, this you is believe true me. that he's in his prime. He is. I, I just I just look at it just from the standpoint of those two guys are uh, Fultz and Ball are projected to be franchise changing talents. I know that, and I can't really see Booker playing full time power for, or small forward, which is probably what would have to happen if we were to keep Bledsoe. Had one of those two guys, and had Booker. I mean, he, he's getting to the point where he might have the height for it. Right. So, I'm just, I, what I was getting to was, what do you think we could get for, for Bledsoe on the trade market? It, like, like, let's say we drafted one of those two guys. We were going to move Bledsoe this, this summer. I, I, what I, would you I, want? I would, I would expect... Hmm. I'm I trying think to, I'd want a center. I'm trying to get... Oh, you're, you're, you're thinking you're going to trade him for a player? Yeah. I was thinking picks. I don't know that. I mean, center would be great. I don't know which. I don't know what want what center, but I'd want a young, se- actual center to re- who is better than Len. <laughs> Alan Williams. <laughs> we already have him, <laughs> so yeah, problem, problem solved. At, yes, we have Alan Williams, who is better than Len, but who projects to be a career backup. <laughs> Which doesn't tell you much about left. I mean, there's the state of the Suns' <laughs> center position right now. Well, well, the Suns have a very, very, very solid center on their roster right now. He's just not playing. Um, you know, I, I, I don't even like that question because I don't want to get rid of Bledsoe. Like, I, and it sounds like I, I, I know I've, I'm just doing. I've, I've, I'm, I'm a flip flopper. I am. I change my opinion a lot. And I would love to get Ball. I would love to get Fultz. But I know what I have in Bledsoe. I've got 20 and 6 and 6. Yeah. And if I'm the Suns and I have a high pick and Josh Jackson's sitting there, I think Josh Jackson's going to be a phenomenal player in the NBA. And I don't think that Ball or Fultz is going to be LeBron. They're not going to be Kobe. I don't think that. I understand that people are saying they could be franchise-altering players. Sure, they could be. But there are a lot of people out there who are franchise-altering players that wouldn't necessarily fit with what the Suns need. Which is? I think to improve themselves at the three and at the five right now. I, I agree with with that at the with what is currently sitting on the roster, but with McDonough's track record of taking best player available, you then kind of readjust based on what that is. I mean, like I like I said, if you if you take Josh Jackson, Josh Josh Jackson, great. I'll be throwing out Pacey memes for years, forever. 
Better than the whole Mike Scott era. Pacey memes, Mighty Ducks memes, lots of gifts. Screaming Goldberg. Now, I, now I'm now I'm changing my mind because it sounds really annoying. <laughs> but go on. But and you're right. He does fit a hole that the Suns have. T.J. Warren's great. He's yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. I want to. I want to step. Yeah. I want to step Ever. back. It's not a hole. It's not a hole. But it's where I see the ceiling being the lowest. Yes. Well, there and center, center because. Yeah. Clearly center. Clearly. Center. The ceiling's like the bottom of a Clearly. basement. Well, if we can suck Okay, one top of a basement. Yeah, I the know. The ceiling's you, the roof. Ceiling is, the ceiling is the roof. And, <laughs> and the basement is the floor. This is, let's, not, let's not call Michael Jordan on this, okay? If, but, we, if, we, if we're terrible again next year, then DeAndre Ayton suddenly sounds like a lovely well, I, I, ticket. Well, I've heard that next year's draft is actually pretty big man heavy. That's... What I was just referring to. Well, you just threw one guy's name. Yeah. Where did you hear that next year's draft is pretty big man heavy? From you a couple yeah. weeks ago? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so don't, don't, don't go out there like you're doing research independently, I Paul. <laughs> um, no, but it is. At, at least as of right now it is. And DeAndre Ayton, again, I'm not, not just because I'm a U of A guy. Actually, I wouldn't but, mind getting that one guy who's uh, marketing or whatever he is. If we Laurie? Can Lori, yeah. yeah, dude. You know, draft day trade, somehow get another pick. That's what, because, you know, what the Suns have done really well with in the past is having a stable of three really good young players at the same position. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That should work out well. <laughs> but no, he's, he's, he's a stud. He's, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's going to be better than TJ Leaf. I just don't like TJ Leaf, too, so I just had to say that. But I could see Markinen being one of the top three or four players long-term in this draft. I really could. Um, Because I feel like he's only kind of... Scratched the surface? Scratched the surface of his potential. Because he played over in Europe for a number of years, what have you, but still getting used to the ball in the United States, and... He's... he, he, He can handle the ball, he can shoot the ball, and... You know, I hate to make the six foot ten, seven foot white guy comparison, but he's got a game that's very similar to Dirk, right? And and it it stems a lot just from not only the size, but also the the, the high release, uh, the ability to shoot from the outside for the big man, etc. So, but I, I don't think that's going to happen for the Suns. No, so no. we're kind of going down an unnecessary roster baiting. Yeah, roster baiting indeed, indeed. But you know. I think a lot will play out, not not during the NCAA tournament, obviously, but as things develop during the offseason, they start going and doing individual workouts, and some of the strength and weaknesses of some of these players start to really come out. You know, maybe in, in two months, suddenly there's some huge flaw in Alonzo Ball or Markel Fultz that nobody saw before, and suddenly teams shy away. Or maybe there's some unknown guy that comes out of nowhere and becomes the you know the next big thing uh, in terms of the NBA draft. It's just too early to tell, but from what I know and what I've seen and what's out there and where the Suns are and how solid of a player Eric Bledsoe is, if they go small forward early in this draft, it. I'm I'm not going to be upset. Um, 
And but, I mean, I mean, plus then we don't have if, to deal with Lamar Ball. And we also look at the <laughs> fact that he's right. Lamar Ball is a genius, by the way. He's probably insane, but he's also a genius. What's the saying? There's a fine line between insanity and genius. Yeah, he, he's he's he he bounces back and forth. Yeah, exactly. That was weird. We said that at the same time, but I mean, the guy says stuff and it gets you to pay attention. And 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 for better or worse, it's gonna probably work out in the long run for him. And I mean, shoot, it's already worked out for him because how who would know who Levar Ball is, but for all this crap over the past however many months. Apparently, he played college ball at Washington State and averaged two points a game. But the only thing I know about him now is he thinks he can beat Michael Jordan one on one. He was he was one and done according to his coach, and not in a good way. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe he could help out like Brandon Knight somehow. Like you know, if he if no, I'm just saying. I'm I'm, no, or that could be a way. But I'm saying if 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 if, uh, Levar Ball played in college and just like went away, maybe he can get (laughs) Brandon Knight to just go away. Just go away, Houdini style. Out like a thief in the night. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I think I just came up with the. I just saved the Suns again. That's twice this season. Jeez, too good at this. Too good at this, Paul. Too good. Um, but <laughs> you got me off track on this whole Lavar Ball thing. <laughs> uh, the the uh, yeah, I'm totally totally off track now. So okay, so oh, what I was gonna say. This is what I was gonna say, Kellen. Yeah. Has ball at seventh. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. crazy. It is crazy. But it's I, I can but, see but he it. might be crazy he might be crazy, crazy like, like a, fox. a fox. Yeah. Because there there are flaws in that game. Yeah. Um he has that weird shooting stroke. But it's not great in the half court. He he's not I think I think he's better in the half court though than maybe some people think. But Point being, everyone who says it's ball and faults and ball and faults or faults and ball, no matter what in this draft, that might not necessarily be the case when it comes down to it. And, you know, I mean, if I think back to when the Suns drafted Len, this is probably a bad example because it's Len. But uh, that was, ever said New Orleans Noel was the top. Right. And and Noel went after Len. Well, that, that was a weird draft because the best players in that draft all came super late. Like, they were all, like, reaches that all succeeded. Right. Well, and like, that was a Gobert weird – it was more, mostly a weird Giannis. draft because it was just a terrible draft. But but point being, I think – and maybe I'm wrong because we're going back a few years, but the consensus would have been when the Suns pick came up at four based on who was off the board that Noel would have been – a wise move right. to make, right? So obviously, McDee's already shown that he's not exactly going to make stick with, right? Move. I mean, and again, using Alex Lenz probably a bad example, but well, but I mean, to caveat that, Alex Len was talked about as possibly being picked for Alex Cleveland, right? Who but instead took Anthony Bennett, who's not. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. That was a weird draft. 
That was the. I, I remember watching that. I remember exactly where I was when I took Anthony Bennett. I was like, "What?" <laughs> I remember thinking, "I was like, that was, that you was know Anthony what? Bennett's face. Maybe the Suns will take Bennett." And I'm now a happy they didn't. Although I, I don't know, maybe it doesn't really matter. But but when they took him, I was like, "Hmm, huh? It's a, it's a bold move." Yeah, but yeah, I mean that that draft was weird, and this draft is a very different draft. It's actually a deep draft, which is the opposite of that draft, mm-hmm. which, which is actually what I'm actually looking forward to seeing is the year that the last couple of years, the Suns have been really, really shitty, have also coincided with really, really shitty drafts. Mm-hmm. And now we finally are not great. With a great draft. Family, family show, Paul. Profanity. Um, with a great draft, yeah. Well... Expected to be a great, great, great draft. Yeah. Projected to be Projected, exactly. Projected versus being projected to be underwhelming. So here's here's what's going to happen. Is the Suns are not going to get a top two pick because we're the Suns. Yeah, we can't have good things. And as long as David Stern's alive, it's never going to happen because he hates the Suns. We're going to get the third pick. We're going to take Josh Jackson. We're going to have another tough year next year. Eric Bledsoe, however, is going to stick around. We're going to get a top pick next year. We're going to take maybe DeAndre Ayton, maybe another big. And then while McD and Sarver have said 2020, I said it before, 2019, Suns title. Boom. Suns title. Suns title. Because 2018 is the summer of who? The summer of Boogie. <laughs> I don't know. Write it down. Write it down, Paul. Write it down. Anything else, Paul? Any last thoughts, last comments, last insight for the people out there? No. No. Wow. That's a first. Nothing? Nothing. You sure? Yeah. Okay, that's your last chance. Okay. So, with that, we will wrap up this week's episode of Bright Side of the Sun's for the fans, by the fans podcast. As always, you can catch me on Twitter at so says Jay. And Paul has my old fantasy football name, which is at Dervish of World. At Dervish of World. And until next time, folks, depending on when you're listening, have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I'm out like the trash on a Thursday. <laughs>